DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Pete Medhurst, play-by-play voice for the Naval Academy. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Pete, good morning. DJ, PK, great to be with you guys. Good morning to you. So, we are so curious about Navy, what they're going to play like, what they're going to look like. We're going to pepper you with a lot of questions. But before we get to that, we're curious, how much practice do you get to see? It's a new world order. It's really different. How good do you feel like your info is on the team getting ready for the opener? Uh, Normally, uh, we can watch uh, three full days of practice a week. Unfortunately, we've been able to watch none. (laughs) Uh, as a result of, uh, you know, the, the self-imposed bubble, obviously, uh, you know, that the Naval Academy has put around uh, their 4,400 students here, and for good reason. I mean, let's face it, the, uh, we've seen on civilian campuses around the country incredible outbreaks uh, already, uh, you know. So uh, the, the Naval Academy, you know, has a much higher calling. It develops leaders, and so far, uh, these student athletes have shown an amazing amount of discipline. Now we've gotten a lot of interaction with them via Zoom calls and with Coach Niamatololo, uh, the same amount that we would normally get. It's just been via Zoom as opposed to uh, post-practice uh, press conferences. So, you know, outside of seeing some video here and there, knowing what we already know of some of the players, and that's where obviously a lot of it comes in. Um, you know, we know a lot about most of the guys playing tonight, except our quarterback because he's only played a handful of plays. Uh, in his career here at the Naval Academy. So we're all very anxious to see what Dalen Morris has, uh, you know, for, uh, for for BYU tonight. Hey, he's a senior, so he's been around for a good long while. So even though you haven't been able to see it, we would expect the same form of offense, right? Oh, there's no question. Uh, the, the offense of the philosophy is never going to change. Um, we're, not coming out, we're not coming out in air raid tonight. Uh, I can promise you that. Um, but, you know, the thing about it is is I think a lot of people probably pegged Perry Olsen for the starting job because he was the backup as a freshman last year, went down the field a couple of drives at Notre Dame, stuck the ball right in the end zone, no problem. Uh, but Dalen, Dalen won the job. Dalen excelled and raised his level of play so much that the coaches had to go with him uh, because he performed at such a high level. Now, what he also brings to the table is an absolute cannon for an arm. So will Navy be able to break tendency if they want to by throwing on first down, uh, second and long, being able to throw when we would you know, normally perhaps run? Absolutely. Uh, but, again, the philosophy will not change. If we're running it down your throat successfully, we're not going to try and, uh, and fix it uh, by throwing the football. If we're running effectively for four yards per carry, we're going to keep running the football uh, because if we have the ball, you can't, you know, score with the ball. That's, that's usually a pretty simple philosophy. It's the beauty of what we do at the Naval Academy. We keep this game as simple as possible, man. We don't try to overcomplicate anything from practice to the games. We simply line up, and, and you know, everybody's got the same film. Everybody sees what we, we do, so it's no secret what we do. It's just a matter of whether our kids uh, can execute to the level that they expected themselves uh, coming up tonight. So when you see Army go 19 plays, 99 yards, just just jealousy, envy, all those emotions? No, because that's what we do. <laughs> we, we do. Ask New Mexico. Uh, you know, we, we did that to them out in San Francisco a few years ago in a bowl game, and we, we kept the ball for 14 minutes and 25 seconds, um, you know, on a drive. So, 
Uh, that that's what we do too. And and you know what? I mean, uh, again, it, I'm I'm one of those people. I, I love telling the world about Service Academy football, whether it's us, Air Force, or Army. Tremendous athletes at all three institutions. We recruit college, you know, high school players just like everybody else. Ours just have to have a pretty high grade point average and a pretty high SAT score, uh, you know, for the admissions process. That's really the only thing that separates our kids from everybody else. You know, we, we, you know we'd love to have a five-star. We'd love to have a four-star. We get plenty of three-stars, um, quote, in the recruiting game, if, you know, uh, you like to play that way. But, you know, at the same time, all three coaching staffs do an amazing job. Coach Tataki staff, uh, you know, Coach Mendenhall before that out there at BYU. Obviously, Lavelle Edwards was one of the greatest in the history of the game. I mean, it's about what you do with these players when they get to your campus. How much do you develop them? I mean, you know, here's a kid, Dalen Morris, that's played, you know, like I said, a handful of plays over the first three years, and yet he's still developed and they have – concentrated on his individual development as a player to where he can be a starter now in his senior year. And those things don't happen by accident. Uh, The type of success that BYU has had, you know, winning a national championship back in 1984, the Naval Academy going to 15 bowl games in 17 years after having a, just a smattering of bowl games here and there over the last uh, 25 years before the triple option era started. It's all about player development. It's all about your coaching staff and what they do Monday through Friday uh, before we even get to Saturday, uh, or in this case, Monday night uh, for the games. So I think that's the, the, the beauty of, of you know, why football programs are successful. That's why BYU's program has been so successful uh, over the course of a long time. You have people that know what they're doing Monday through Friday so that when Saturday comes around, you know, that's the easy part. Uh, for these players. I know it's going to be different this year, obviously, but what is a traditional game day experience for Navy like for the fans? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, huge tailgates out in the parking lot. Uh, the team gets off the bus right in front of a, uh, you know, a mock blue angel, which is uh, set up out in the, uh, you know, parking lot right next to where they get off the bus. They walk down the hill with, you know, bagpipes are blaring in front of them. And, uh, I mean, it's 35,000 people every Saturday, you know, you know, lifting these guys up. Our home record speaks for itself. Kenny talked about that this week. You know, we've been ridiculous at home, uh, especially, uh, you know, since that second year of the triple option when Paul Johnson took over. We've been pretty good in that building ever since. That's why it's going to be, you know, so weird uh, playing without our brigade and playing without uh, our loyal fans. Uh, and in this case, I mean, we would have had, a, I, I truly believe, uh, the opposite side right-hand corner uh, would have been filled because I do believe there would have been an, a huge uh, throng of BYU folks who would have uh, made a huge effort to try and get to this game. And I think that's the one thing that this game gets robbed of, and that is an unbelievable atmosphere that would have accompanied this primetime broadcast. And, you know, as I said, I mean, I, I can't believe you know, the the BYU media base has been unbelievable. I've done so many of these interviews. I've done more interviews uh, the last two weeks about this game than maybe I did all of last season about all of our games. And, you know, when you have a fan base that has a passion like both of these teams do, you know, that, that's what this game gets robbed of. It gets robbed of being able to showcase just how valuable uh, that fan support is uh, in a primetime nationally televised matchup 
uh, like tonight. And, you know, credit to Tom Holmo and Chet Gladchuk, our AD, who I just talked to uh, literally about 15 minutes ago this morning. And, you know, that's the one thing that this game, uh, you know, loses tonight is a tremendous atmosphere uh, that would have surrounded it. So we don't see, uh, you know, Navy playing the local teams out here very often, right? But we've seen a lot of Air Force playing the local teams out here. BYU and Utah for years in the Wacom Mountain West and still Utah State in the Mountain West. And I think when you talk about a quarterback at Air Force, you don't have to throw a lot. But if the Air Force has a quote-unquote throwing quarterback, if he is 8 of 13 for 150 yards, your team probably got beat. They probably gave up a couple of really big pass plays at critical times. Is that what you expect Navy's passing game to look like now? I don't think there's any question. I mean, uh, you look at our numbers last year. I mean, we were one of the best in the country, uh, you know, in passing efficiency. Uh, You know, we were seventh in the country in that category. People go, well, passing efficiency, how can you be so good? It's, well, it's when we throw the ball, how well we do it. I mean, we averaged like 22 yards. Uh, per completion, which was second in the country last year. So just like you're talking about, when there is a pass play, uh, it's usually a big play. Add to that, we've got inc- we've got great depth at wide receiver, maybe the best depth we've ever had at that position. And with Chance Warren now going to the slot back position, our running backs have made a number of huge plays on wheel routes and uh, routes down the hash mark uh, through the years that – you know, we've got multiple guys now in that category who are not just guys that can catch the ball, but are game-breaking type guys. Michael Cooper is as good a wide receiver as there is in our league at six foot five. Ryan Mitchell and Mark Walker are, are terrific receivers. And like I said, you put Warren with C.J. Williams, Miles Fells. These are guys that have already made big plays in this offense. And, you know, now Ivan Jasper – uh, one of the great offensive minds and quarterback coaches in this country has got an awful lot he can turn to on the menu. It's kind of like the Cheesecake Factory, man. You open that thing up, and now all of a sudden, you know, we got pages and pages of things that are available to him if he chooses uh, to use them uh, at this point. But, you know, like I said, he's a guy that's never, ever complicated this thing, and he's not going to complicate it for Dalen tonight. If we're running the ball, we're going to keep running the ball. But now you're right. If we – you know, we could go literally two for four for 75, 80 yards in the passing game and two touchdowns, and, and those are huge numbers for us because, as you mentioned, those two touchdowns on those two completions are likely to be uh, big plays in the course of a game. Even without the fans, is there a buzz towards this game, you think, in the community? I know there is amongst our fan base. I mean, I've been watching Twitter already this morning amongst some of our loyal folks, and they're like, man, the only the only bad thing about an 8 o'clock game is we've got to wait all day for it. So, um, you know, I don't think there's any question the success of our program has made our football uh, fans um, – they were always loyal anyway, but now – they're loyal with expectations because our motto has consistently been expect to win. You know, we don't make any excuses when we don't win, we don't win. Um, but we expect to win every game uh, that we play. And that's one of the reasons why uh, our head coach uh, is one of the best in the game. Uh, he's a brilliant leader. And even with all of the disruption that this summer has, has had and, 
the lack of uh, traditional spring football and really a traditional fall camp, I don't doubt for a minute our kids will be prepared and our fans are excited uh, to watch them get going here uh, in this 2020 season. We're joined by Pete Medhurst, play-by-play voice for the Naval Academy. So BYU's invested a couple years in a quarterback, and now they're hoping Zach Wilson has a big year here. And so I think the question is, we've heard Navy's defense is good. Uh, Number one, how good is the pass rush? Does Navy have to blitz to generate a pass rush, or or can, uh, you know, they got a couple of defensive ends who handle that? And then, how good is the secondary? Well, the secondary is maybe one of the best we've ever had. Uh, you look at the depth at both corners and uh, the safety positions as a unit. This this may be uh, the best unit overall we've had maybe since the 70s when George Welsh was coaching our team here at the academy. And we were putting up uh, crazy numbers defensively, nationally, uh, with guys like Chet Moeller on that defense and stuff like that, who's a college football Hall of Famer. So from that standpoint, the back, the back seven is pretty good. Uh, up front, no question, got a hole at nose guard. Mike Flowers has to uh, fill in for – Jackson Pittman, who's one of the best nose guards we've ever had here. That's clearly going to be uh, on paper a question mark for us. Uh, Jarius Warren is a young man at left end who was really, really playing some crazy good football at the end of last year. A dominant guy in the Army game and also uh, played well against Kansas State. You know, when you, there's, it's a big difference in terms of offensive linemen when you're playing the size of Army's offensive line and Kansas State's offensive line. But when you perform well against Kansas State's offensive line, you know the young man's got uh, terrific ability. Can't wait to see him now as a full season at that left end. Uh, I think he's going to be fantastic. No question. I mean, look, analytically last year was crazy for us. We were so good. uh, And Brian Newberry did a lot. uh, And one of the the main reasons why uh, is no longer here. Uh, Jacob Springer's now at Mississippi. Uh, So, uh, you know, We've got to replace his production, and that will be one of the challenges on that defense. He was terrific at getting to the quarterback, pursuing the quarterback, and uh, I think that's, that's clearly one of the challenges tonight because the thing about, you know, the, the thing about Wilson is he can keep plays alive, and it's not necessarily even having to run, uh, you know, for first downs. Laterally, you know, you go back and watch him and watch some of the tape from last year. He's good at laterally moving to keep plays alive, and we see a ton of big plays in the passing game when a quarterback is able to do that because everybody starts running up the field thinking the quarterback's going to run, and then all of a sudden he floats one uh, down the field. So I think what, you know, what BYU has you know, developed in Zach is exactly what everybody is hoping for in terms of a college quarterback now, a guy that can break your – uh, spirit by scrambling on third and nine for a first down, but also a guy that can scramble laterally to make big plays out of broken plays. And that's one of the big challenges, I think, for Navy's defense tonight is to keep BYU from making big plays out of broken plays when Wilson is able to uh, move around in that pocket and keep plays alive. How much discussion is going on in your area as far as the academy's playing, but somebody like Maryland isn't? You know, we have the same situation here. We have some conferences playing, but BYU conferences not playing, but BYU is sort of a funky situation. You know, it comes down to decisions made by leaders. Um, you know, people that are paid a lot of money made those decisions. Uh, school presidents don't give back any cash. Uh, you know, the, that, that direct deposit hits every week. They're not giving anything back. Uh, so they're paid to make big decisions. And some of them chose 
early in this process to make decisions, and that's why I think I mean look, I, I legitimately think the Big Ten gamble, they rolled the dice thinking, okay, we're gonna we're gonna show that we're the leader here and we're we're gonna we're gonna not play and everybody else just kinda went, Yeah, okay. That's good for you. Um I don't think there was any chance that the SEC wasn't gonna wait this out. Uh you just look at the mindset around uh, this virus and what you know, pictures you see from the uh, southeastern part of the United States, there was no chance the SEC was making an early decision. Uh, the ACC also, similar situation. They were not going to make an early decision. And, look, the American Athletic Conference spread out in terms of its geography. Strong leader, though, in Mike Oresco. Uh, you know, I, I think that's part of the reason. When you have strong leadership in that commissioner area, and, and you know, and I think a lot of people have taken – uh, unfair shots at Kevin Warren uh, as the, the commissioner of the Big Ten. I mean, guy's brand new on the job. He doesn't have the cachet of Greg Sankey and Mike Oresco and John Swafford. You know, the former commissioner there, Jim Delaney, was one of the uh, the greatest in our game. But, you know, he just doesn't have that cachet to walk into those school presidents in the Big Ten and, you know, kind of convince them that, hey, waiting is the right thing to do. So, you know, the presidents kind of jumped in there and said, hey, we're, we're not going to play. I think they thought the rest of college football would fall in line and the Big Ten would look like a big group of leaders, and that's kind of backfired on them. But it could also backfire on all of us that are playing if at some point a lot of kids or coaches get sick um, and, and something, unfortunately, uh, drastic happens. So it's a gamble, no question. But, you know, with the amount of testing that is seemingly going to be going on with the kids that are playing – you're going to know ahead of time whether somebody's got it uh, before they go into a game. And that's, that's basically how each week is going to uh, persevere this year in college football. You're going to play the testing game after each game, and you're going to hope that uh, a lot of your guys uh, don't come back positive. Those presidents aren't going to pay any kind of price, though, are they? They're not going to lose their jobs. I mean, it's a small percentage now, of what they do. And for us in Sports Talk Radio, college football is a big, big deal. But I think a lot of them, like, yeah, I made a decision. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. Shrug. Move on. I don't, I don't, but, but in this case, I don't think there is a right or wrong decision. If you choose not to play, you're erring on the side of safety and protecting the kids. And, and I don't think we can argue about that either. That's sound reasoning uh, to make that decision. But – you know, in this case, if you choose to play and nobody gets sick, you know, then you look like you, you took a gamble uh, and, and it paid off. So, I, again, those those people ascend to those positions uh, for many, many good reasons. But I also truly believe, and you all know this obviously now with BYU choosing to be an independent and not playing uh, in a league at this point, you're talking about, in some cases – with the SEC and, and the Power Five conferences, you're talking significant millions of dollars. The Big Ten distributed, I believe it was $46 million to its institutions last year from sports. So you can understand the financial hit that these schools are taking, and those presidents don't want to do that. And I do believe in some cases we have, a, we have some presidents who are very, I don't want to say disconnected, but they're – you know, they only understand one thing. How much money are you generating us? Oh, okay, you can go do that. Um, and, then, and then there are some, like our former uh, superintendent of the Naval Academy, Ted Carter, is now the president at Nebraska. And obviously, Ted understands the, what the physical mission means 
from the Naval Academy. That's why Nebraska has been so vocal about, uh, you know, being disappointed in, in not playing right now. You can understand both sides, but you know, again, I don't think any of those, I don't think any of those men or, or women in leadership uh, in those places will be uh, fired as a direct result of this. But it is a tremendous gamble when you're leaving a great amount of money on the table because Navy and BYU are huge benefactors now by being able to work out a Labor Day night primetime game uh, with ESPN. There will be a direct deposit to both of those institutions, uh, I know, from playing this game. Well, Pete, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy the game tonight. Guys, terrific conversation. Appreciate it. Pete Medhurst, he's the play-by-play voice for the Naval Academy, and he joined us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.